Welcome to episode four of Tax Talk Podcast. Today we are talking transitions. This time we're looking at transitioning the business to your employees. So much like some of the discussions we've had around uh, pushing the business over to your kids or even to a third party, um, the current business owner is going to want to ask some of the same types of questions that uh, he would of these other types if he was looking at moving the business over to an employee. Also, you might be considering some of the advantages that selling the business to an employee might have versus some of the other options. So potential advantages that the current owner might seek are um, the employee having a good relationship with existing customers and vendors. This will help the transition period run a little smoother. Uh, Number two, employees are probably motivated to see the business continue to be successful going forward to ensure that you know their wages and benefits etc are you know remaining intact going forward and then number 3 employees just have a good understanding of the day-to-day operations whereas you know maybe a third party purchaser is going to be a little bit out of the the loop on some of these things and just having that uh, employee there that's probably been there for quite some time It's going to be well-versed in how the business runs and is just going to make that transition a lot smoother. So before selling to the employee, what should that current owner look, you know, at what kind of questions should uh, he or she be asking? And it's kind of the same process. You want to look at, uh, you know, the employee's relationship with other uh, workers. You know, are they financially set up to to make the purchase? What is their timeline for making the purchase? And, you know, what is their overall skill and experience and and just overall understanding? You know, if they move into this role, are they going to be set up for success? Or are you just kind of selling off, you know, hoping that things will work out and then eventually just... You know, everything just kind of fails because the employee just doesn't have that skill set. So if you've kind of gone through this process, you've identified, you know, an employee or a group of employees that you think might be viable for transitioning the business to, you kind of have two different routes to go as far as selling your shares or, or bringing the employees into the business. So the first would be the employee buyout. So basically what this does is it kind of understands the fact that it might be difficult for the employee to get a traditional bank loan and it's going to be on the current owner to take back, you know, the the purchase price and kind of delay some of it over time, uh, enabling that employee to kind of slowly make payments on that purchase price. So you kind of have to take a few things into consideration. You know, how many employees are going to be buying the business? Um, Is the purchase price subject to any, you know, adjustments, you know, say to net income over that period of time after that initial sale? Um, How long is the the sale price going to be deferred for? And, you know, is that current owner in a place to take back 
you know, alone on this sale. I mean, if you're trying to use the, the sale to kind of fund your retirement, it could be a bit of a risky proposition to take back that loan and kind of trust that the employees are going to push forward. The business is going to remain profitable in order to pay you these funds over a period of time to fund your retirement. So going forward, then the employer kind of needs to consider, you know, do you sell a few shares at a time? Do you share the, you know, sell the bulk of the shares right off the hop? Um, how long of a period can you defer it for? You know, there's some different uh, tax consequences that you can take into consideration. Um, different things of that nature is the business set up for sale to use your capital gains exemption. So a whole number of different aspects on the, the legal liability side, as well as the tax side. So then we get into the second option that would be the employee buy-in. So as opposed to selling off kind of the whole lot of shares to your employee, um, structuring the deal that way, the current owner could do a, a freeze of his current value in the shares that he holds. And essentially what this does is it moves the value from his current common shares into redeemable preferred shares. And then this allows the company to issue new common shares, presumably to whatever employees are you know, interested in buying. They're able to buy in at a much lower rate. And then the owner that is kind of on the exit has a whole number of preferred shares in there. And basically what's kind of done in conjunction with that is maybe you issue some, you know, they're called thin voting shares, and that would allow that exiting shareholder owner to, to maintain control over the business for, you know, the period of time that is, it is agreed upon that they are going to see their shares bought out by these uh, employees. And, you know, basically what this does is it kind of provides a bit more control, um, kind of allows that exiting owner to, you know, maybe hedge a bit of risk on, you know, selling the shares and getting the employees in at that point in time and just provides the employees with a little bit easier financing to get in because they're just buying in at a nominal rate as opposed to maybe having to get you know bank loans or financing from family members to purchase in at the the fair market value so those are kind of two of the main ways that you can structure it if you do the buy-in amount you know then those employees are going to have some shares so you could pay out some dividends to them down the road or potentially some bonuses. And then, you know, instead of taking that money in cash, it just kind of comes back in kind. And then um, you can uh, pay for some additional ownership down the road in that way as well. So either route, no matter which way you go, you want to make sure that you implement a shareholder agreement at this point in time. You know, typically if you just have the one owner, probably not a huge deal, but when you start to bring in numerous, you know, shareholders, 
that are definitely in different places in life. You're going to have varying ideas as to where the business needs to go in the future. And it's a good way to, you know, run into potential disagreements. Also, the fact that, you know, the exiting owner is now hedging his retirement on these new employees kind of making these payments either on, you know, the note that he's taken or redeeming of these preferred shares. So it's important to have the shareholder agreement set up to kind of protect against a couple of different events. So death, disability, um, disagreements, and then any relationship breakdowns. And it's a good way to kind of use life insurance, disability insurance to fund any of these particular life events. And then that way, if any of these things do happen, you know, people are not going to be, you know, out a whole bunch of money. There's not going to be fights that are uh, unable to to be accommodated for that have to go into legal proceedings and, and stuff like that. So it's important to, to have that agreement in place and um, just make sure that all your bases are covered. So transitioning your business over to an employee can be beneficial for all parties. You know, we've kind of noted that the transition typically goes smoother than if you were to bring a, a third party in. And, you know, you've kind of got that bit of an extra push from the employees to make sure that the business, you know, runs successfully, runs smoothly because, you know, their wages and benefits are, are hinged on the success of that. But it is important to, you know, look at it from your point of view as the business owner and say, you know, this this is my life's work, this is my retirement, and you need to make sure that you're protecting yourself if you're kind of moving into this type of decision. So it's important to consult a lawyer, you know, your accountant, an investment broker, and, you know, any other applicable professional to make sure that, you know, the transition is set up smoothly and the proper safeguards are put into place because you need to make sure that you're preserving that legacy and protecting yourself, you know, well into retirement. So that's it for episode four. Again, hope you guys got some good value out of that. As usual, please feel free to share this, you know, hit the uh, like and subscribe buttons on YouTube. Um, Post any comments down below. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to me via email or on my website, whatever works best for you. And, um, I will check back soon. Take care. Talk soon.